I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the world's first Paul Weller fan podcast. I'm Dan Jennings and 10 years ago I gave up my live stream and career as a radio presenter with one big regret. Never getting to interview my hero, the legendary British musician Paul Weller. This podcast exists purely to solve that issue. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Paul. We'll be talking to the followers, the friends, the people who have written about him, created with him, been influenced by him, idolised him, and so much more. Heck, anybody and everyone who has a love of Paul Weller is welcome on the podcast. Now, this week, I am joined by Lee Cogswell. Lee has directed so many great films with Paul Weller over the past few years, including the 2020 Star Council Sky Arts TV documentary that's well worth checking out. Now, to kick things off, let me attempt to explain why Lee's work is so important to me as a Paul Weller. Over the past few weeks, you can't fail to have noticed that the internet has been on fire with the release of some teaser footage of a new Peter Jackson film on the Beatles. It is brilliant. Footage from the Get Back Studio sessions and the band's final work together, some never-before-seen film of them in the studio, recording, larking about, playing together, and most importantly, creating incredible music. Understandably, it was just what we needed, and everyone has been raving about how brilliant it looks. And whilst Lee doesn't have the Oscars, the Golden Globes, and the 6.5 billion pounds of worldwide box office revenue like Peter Jackson just yet, for me, his work evokes the same kind of feelings that I got from watching the Beatles footage. If you haven't seen his films, Lee has had incredible access to Paul over the past few years, from the Jawbone soundtrack through to A Kind Revolution, True Meanings, and On Sunset. Each of these wonderful albums has had these brilliant documentaries filmed in the studio as Paul and his band work on a new album. Now, as a fan, they are an absolute joy. You dive into the new album. I remember Kind Revolution. I remember hearing The Cranes Are Back, loving, loving, loving that song and hearing things like Long, Long Road, Once Here with the brilliant boy George, um, New York, Hopper, The Impossible Idea, What's a Song, Wow. And I devoured that album for weeks. And then the joy of discovering this incredible making of film created by Lee and by Bax from episode two of this podcast. I'm mind blown. I loved it. I watched it over and over. It captured the spontaneity of the band, how they create and nail these incredible songs in just a few takes. Watching Woozy Mama coming together with P.P. Arnold and Madeline Bell, such legends. Oh man, it's honestly it's such a brilliant film. And that's just one of them. So check out the documentaries for True Meanings and On Sunset as well. Just brilliant. You can watch them all on monomediafilms.london. 
Let's get into it. My guest this week, Lee Cogswell. Thanks for joining us, Lee. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm so excited about this conversation because you're one of the guys who's been right there on the making of some of the material and some of the albums for like, I'm trying to think now, probably the last five, six years where there's been this amazing burst in productivity, some amazing albums like True Meanings and Kind Revolution and On Sunset. You've been there in the making of it. So I'm, I'm truly excited about this conversation. But let's kick off. When, when did you first hear of Paul Weller and, and when did his music music into your world. Stanley Road was the first album that I heard of Paul's. So I was 13, I just got a guitar and music started to mean something to me. I got into Paul and Ocean Colour Scene and all that scene. And so Stanley Road and then Heavy Soul just after that, those records were on repeat and I was trying to work out how to play every one of the songs. And so that was it. Yeah, I started there and worked my way back, I guess. Did you master any of those songs? No. <laughs> any no of them, just, were any of them simpler than others? <laughs> I'm not sure they were. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that. But um, no, no, I certainly <laughs> didn't master them. <laughs> that was a, I mean, obviously that was a real golden period of, of Britpop. And like you say, the, the discovery of Stanley Road leads to other artists like like, you know, ocean colour scene and I'm guessing Oasis and um, Stereophonics because it's probably a similar trajectory to mine. That album was huge, right up there with some of the biggest stuff from the Jam and the Star Counts. It was amazing how big Stanley wrote, particularly how big that period was, right? Yeah, no, it's an incredible record. It really is. For me, I, I think that the follow-up to that, Heavy Soul, was probably the one that really excited me. There was something about that. It was a bit more stripped down and songs like Peacock's Suit, Susie's Room, that was the album that did it for me more than Stanley wrote. But I mean, it's a great record. Going back and looking back at the first two solo albums after that as well, there you know that first album's incredible. Oh yeah, brilliant! It's interesting because there's been in recent years as Mojo has released a collector's magazine that reviewed every single one of these albums, and Heavy Soul is always one of those ones that gets mixed reviews, and I don't know why because there's quality. Of, I mean, science for me on that album is yeah, just what yeah. a great track and live that was always brilliant. But it's yeah, it should I have been there as well, you know. Yeah, should have been there. It's, it's, that's the one for me. There was for me there were just some great songs, and there were lots of bands at the time that. I was getting into like I said I just started playing guitar and I was kind of music had just started to mean something to me and became important to me and there were plenty of bands around but these were really good songs there was more to it than just a, a good band that you know there was a great writer there behind it as well and were you seeing Paul live at that time as well so did you go to the gigs during that period or was it I'm guessing 13 was probably quite quite young to be in the mosh pit too young at that point no I didn't see him until far later actually I don't think I saw him until do you know what I, I didn't actually see Paul until after I'd met him that's great yeah. I love that <laughs> 13 maybe right so when did the love of filmmaking come in my wife my then girlfriend back then was a she was a photographer she still is so I took a little bit of an interest through what she was doing and, and filmmaking became a hobby I was a DIY filmmaker it was a hobby and then I got involved with some local bands and started doing a, a little bit and it, it's just been a real gradual process where it's become it's eventually become my job and what I do but it, yeah it just started off as a hobby really quite early on you linked it to music then like you said in terms of like local bands but there was a short film that you created about uh, like soul music was it keep on keeping on i'm guessing that's where paul started hearing about your work and you working with bax as well you met bax and created mono media films bax is, was on episode two of, of the podcast so, so how did you guys meet and how did how did you start then working with paul well yeah it is all connected the film that you mentioned keep on keeping on that was a short film i made with the band stone foundation which was about nolan porter a soul singer came over to the uk and worked with them and so while he was here i made this short film and it was through work working 
with Stone Foundation that I met Bax. Bax bought an actor for one of their music videos, which I shot. So Bax travelled up to the Midlands for this one day of filming, brought Callum McNabb with him. And on the back of that, he just emailed me and said, you know, I've got an idea for this film that I want to make. I don't know how to get it made. Are you interested? Do you want to have a look at this? And I mean, at that point, I had no idea who Toby Hayes was. Knew absolutely nothing about jazz music. But I just thought, well, yeah, why not? He, you know, through Facebook and and whatever, knew who Bax was. And uh, and so I thought, yeah, give it a go. And we met up and we made that on a shoestring, really. It just kind of started from there. It's funny how everything goes full circle because Paul covered one of Nolan Porter's songs on um, the covers album. If I could only be sure. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which kicks off the album. Which I absolutely love that version too. I met Paul through backs when we were making the Tubby Hayes film. So I knew Paul. I'd met him a couple of times. And then Stone Foundation had their story and they ended up recording at his studio. So I went along with them one day and was filming a similar thing to you you'll have seen that I've done for Paul, a kind revolution and true meanings. I was doing a similar thing for them. I was just capturing what they were up to, what they were doing. And Paul did some guest vocals. He sang on Balloon and probably some others of theirs as well. And I was just there capturing it. It might have been just a one day or a couple of days. And then he just said, you know, I'm making a record at the moment. Do you want to stick around and capture some of this as well? And that was kind revolution. So, wow. um, and then I did the following I've done the three albums. When we're talking back with Bax, Bax's kind of view on it was that he stays out of the way and lets you get on with it. And obviously Paul and the band get on with it. But you're right there filming so much material that you're then having to cut down for these short films. You're in amongst that creative process and watching them create this amazing work from that spell of work, particularly, I think obviously from 22 Dreams through to, to now has, has been highlighted as a real peak period. But those albums like True Meanings, Kind Revolution, the new album on Sunset are real peaks in terms of career-wise the last years I think what's it like being as part of that process and watching them come up with this stuff and experiment and try new things and create this thing from scratch it's an inspiration it really is well a couple of things to be in the room when he's putting down a vocal I always find fascinating because there's been a fair few times where he'll go in to do a vocal goes into the performance room and I'll go follow him in with a camera and everyone else stays in the control room because it has to be quiet in there so it's just me and him and he puts his headphones on and does the vocal I kind of press record on the camera and just stand back and watch and try, you know, just try and enjoy it, really. But it's incredible. It's, it's inspirational to sort of see it happen and just to witness these songs. I mean, there are songs that uh, Village is an example. I think it was on the True Meanings sessions. He had the initial idea for that and he'd been recording all day. And it was, I don't know, one, half one, two in the morning. And it was like, look, I've just got to get one last idea down before we call it a night. And he put down just a, a keyboard part. And I remember capturing that. And then it didn't make the record. And it was this half-finished song that I really liked. And then it turned up on the next record. So I got to witness songs that were half-written or being written right the way through to them being singles. That's incredible. Yeah. So be able to watch that process, like you say, of the, and presumably the band chucking in ideas and working together. I think it's important. To, this is not just Paul going, you know, directing people and telling everybody what to do. It's a real collaborative approach, right? Absolutely. I think anybody that's there is open to have ideas. It's not controlled at all. Obviously, Paul, he's conducting, he's in charge of it. He's got the final say. It's his record, but he's open to any to ideas from anybody. Are there songs that you've been filming that you still haven't seen the light of day that that ended up cut, disappeared, or might be on a future album. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, that was that was one when on True Meanings. I remember thinking, you know, Village didn't make it. I think it was called East Village at the time, but that didn't make it. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. I thought, wow, such a great song. But then it turned up on the next record. So I'm sure he's got other other songs that haven't yeah. made it. But I, I can't remember off the top. There's of probably 
yeah, there's probably stuff in your rushes on your hard drive of, of, of future albums to come that have, have not yet been released. So the other thing to talk about, which has been on TV recently on Sky Arts, was this this amazing Style Council documentary, Long Hot Summers, which if people haven't seen it, I'm, I'm hoping it's still available, but they should check it out. That sounds like that was a real project that bigger, obviously, in scale than the mini documentaries and the EPK stuff that you've, you've been looking at. So how did you and Bats agree in terms of what that would be and how did you work on that together? There was the documentary that came before that, which was about the young idea which was the story of the jam and Sky had made that a few years back, maybe three or four years ago. And so just after that was made, we made a film called uh, Peter Blake Pop Art Life for Sky Arts. And that was a co-production that we did with a company called Channel X. They had made the About the Young Idea documentary. So as soon as that one had been a success, everyone really wanted to get on and make the next logical film, which was the Style Council film. But Paul wasn't ready. He doesn't look back too often. He's known for being very forward-facing. And I think he'd had enough of looking back while making that film. So he wasn't ready to get on and make the Star Council film. But in the time then between that film and the Star Council film being made, that was the time when I worked with him on Kind Revolution and True Meaning. So I got to know him quite well. And when it came around to him being ready for this one, I put myself forward as wanting to direct it and luckily Paul supported that idea and he was behind that so yeah as soon as he was ready off we went the fact that you were able to keep the finale a secret for what's been something like 18 months I think and and, and we can spoil it now because I think come on it's got to be out there but the fact is it's essentially the Style Council back together for one's special performance of yeah, a, yeah. an amazing song the thrill of filming that and being in oh, the room must have been fantastic, amazing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, when we were planning the film, myself and Bax talked about the idea of getting Paul and Mick together. And for them to... We, I don't think we even considered them performing, but just to have them together mm. in a room. And we felt that we might have been pushing our luck by asking for that, just because we just well, I don't know, is he going to want to do this? And we, I remember the one day we were, going, we were heading to meet Paul for a coffee for a meeting about the Star Council film. And we said beforehand, should we mention it or shouldn't we? We weren't really sure. We, did, you know, we didn't want to push too hard and, and put him off. And we, uh, we sat down to have a coffee. And then the first thing he said was, I know what we should do. We're going to get the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, that blows our idea out. That's, uh, that's going to be good. That was beautiful. I mean, it's like a really emotional moment of that film as well, wasn't it? That finale was incredible. And the, and the story is just amazing. I mean, obviously the story all the way through, like you touched on the, that previous Jam documentary, that story from 40 years in the making, this story of Paul with the Jam and the Style Council and the various splits and the, the songs and all that material stacks up. It's incredible, isn't it? It's a, what, what a story you've got to tell there. They were a great band and they meant a lot to a lot of people. They also, I guess, upset a lot of people. You know, the, not all of the Jam fans were, some of the Jam fans still are not uh, ready yeah, they're an important band. And what's the feedback been like for you on the documentary? I guess because there's a thing of like that nervousness of getting something in the can and then releasing it and hoping it gets an audience and hoping that people love it. I'm guessing it's been brilliant. Feedback has been wonderful. Yeah, it's I mean, we had, you know, having that secret, we were quietly confident that that was going to please a lot of Star Council fans. And keeping that a secret was very tricky. Knowing that there was that at the end of the film, we thought, you know, kind of guess they were going to be pleased to see that and but yeah the feedback has been wonderful as soon as the i remember on the night of it playing as soon as the film finished my phone just started and didn't stop for about three days and it was it was lovely it was really nice when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Great. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about was the, the first day, which was oh, yeah. um, brilliant. I love this. So, so this was um, essentially the chord release True Meanings. Um, yeah. which was a largely acoustic orchestral album and decided to do two gigs at the Royal Festival Hall. So this was also released as an album called Other Aspects, which is essentially orchestral versions of songs from True Meanings, the whole album. Also songs like um, One Bright Star from 22 Dreams, The Jam, Boy About Town, The Star Council, Have You Ever Had It Blue. Songs that we hadn't heard in Donkey's Years. You touched on the first solo album, like Strange Museum, Amongst Butterflies, are just great song, big yeah. personal favourites for me. We couldn't tour this album, it'd be too expensive. So it decided to do these two gigs at the Royal Festival but obviously it requires a completely different mindset from the band full rehearsals because they're playing these songs for the first time in very different ways and you're there capturing the whole thing for this documentary called the first day which is essentially the rehearsals for those gigs it was the first day of rehearsals for those gigs but i hadn't captured that day with that in mind i think the reason i was there that day was because i was in the process of editing the true meanings epk they were going to be rehearsing some of those songs. So it was an opportunity to capture some footage that could have been useful for the EPK. I used some of that in the EPK and then it was just left alone. And then he went on and made the TV documentary surrounding those gigs. That gig was shown in cinemas. Part of the deal with the cinemas was that they had to have 10 minutes of exclusive footage that wasn't going to be shown on TV or, or elsewhere. And so Paul got in touch and they just, they said, you know, what have you got? Is there anything you can put together? And so I went back through my hard drive and found that first day of rehearsals and then put first day together. It's lovely because it's something, and I've read interviews about it where it's the, the band were quite nervous, I think, in terms of this was a whole different way of them approaching these songs. God, oh, well, that must be amazing to be in that room capturing that footage. It was incredible. And it was them just going through through the songs, working out which ones they thought were going to work. Because of what it was, I put that together in quite a, an abstract way. It didn't have a solid narrative. It mm. didn't have a story that started here and ended here. It just, it was quite abstract. And yeah, I like it for that reason, actually. It's great. I mean, those songs just stack up. It's just a, 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 that live album, I think it's just brilliant as well. So that, that's a really golden period for me. And then also the other things I wanted to touch on were you've made some of the music videos too. So White Horses featuring Paul, a horse, a couple of random kids, I think. And the beach and the waves was lovely and it'd be lovely to understand where that idea came from. And then the video for Moving On, which was this painter, this artist, Ed Gray, I believe, creating a painting against the track. Where do you come up with the ideas from these? Is it you pitching to Paul or, or is some of it coming from him? He will have said which songs he thinks are going to be singles or require a video. And then we just listen to that song and see what ideas are there. I think moving on, I think it was Bax's wife that came up with that idea. Brilliant. I think it was Lou. And, and Ed is a painter that Bax has known for years. I've known him for a couple of years. And so we thought we'd make use of him. And I thought nothing, the piece of art he created for that video was, was fantastic. I've got it on my kitchen wall. Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, the original. 
Oh, no, no, no. I couldn't afford the original. (laughs) (laughs) And then White Horses, how did that come about? Do you know what? I can't remember where the idea originated for that. But the idea is that White Horses represents the waves, the shape of the waves. And so I think it was probably just an opportunity to get my kids in there. (laughs) Are they your children? Oh, lovely. They are, yeah. yeah. Um, It's also one of the few videos in recent years where Paul's actually in it, which is nice. Yeah, that was just filmed in his garden. Yeah, well, we got the rest of the video and it just felt like a nice thing to be able to put him in there just for him to be in the video. It was just me, him in the garden. I've got the song playing on my phone and we just captured a few shots just to finish that off. There must be times and moments like that where you're creating that, that stuff together and you're just pinching yourself. I can't believe this is my life and this is what I'm doing, right? Yeah, it's dream job stuff, really. Two final questions. One Paul Weller track for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Oh, my word. What's the other question? Let me think. (laughs) (laughs) And the other question is, as you know, the goal of this entire podcast is to be able to secure that that meeting and that interview with Paul that that evaded me for, oh, God, how long was I a radio presenter? 15, 20 years, maybe. That never happened. So what's the one question I should ask Paul when when I get that interview? Okay, should we go back to the first question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so what question should you What ask? question should I ask, Paul? Or at least what topic? Should, what, is there anything you've wanted to ask but haven't been able to? Because <laughs> you're mates. <laughs> I'm not sure what the question bit should be, but whatever it is, I don't think it should be about him and his past. I think it should be, it has to be forward-facing. It has to be about being present, being now, or, mo- or moving forward, certainly. Do you feel that he's done the reflective stuff? So now you've got the, the Jam documentary out of the way. The Style Council is parked. You know, we've, we've celebrated that amazing work and the documentary's done. Do you feel like he's done the reflective stuff and now everything is about what's coming next? Certainly for the time being. I mean, there's, you know, there's, it's a long solo career, isn't it? There's a lot that could still be looked back on throughout that. But I think for now, I think, yeah, that's all done for now. I believe it's just forward-facing. It's concentrating on the current record, the current recordings and and whatever comes next that's a fair point actually i hadn't thought of that because the solo years probably now are longer than the jam and the style council added together in terms of what you what year is that first record like 91 92 yeah so that's longer than the style council that's longer than the jam yeah so actually yeah reflective stuff is probably going to be that first album the anniversary next year i'm guessing or no the year after i think so yeah so in terms of song is there one track for you that exists it will change on a daily basis i'm sure like it does with me but is there one track for you right now that you're actually this is the one that if you were to ask alexa straight after this chat which one would it be i think it does change very often like everybody you go through periods of being into certain records and you know might go back to the style council back to the jam or whatever and so it does change but i think i'm gonna say white horses because for my family it's a special memory just the making of that video we had a great time and uh, so yeah white horses love that song as well i don't, I don't even think paul wrote the lyrics either did he wasn't it um no i think it's erlen cooper that was, yeah. yeah it's amazing that other people can write from it and it, and it connects with him his audience and, and works so well one final thing that i'd like to touch on i don't know if you saw i'm sure you must have done the, the virtual live gig with summer music which gave us a sneak preview of what's to come in terms of the new new tracks as if on the sunset wasn't new enough it was only released in july you were obviously there for the making of on sunset in terms of what's to come have you is there anything you can tell us about those new new tracks Anything I can tell you, it's not really my place, is it? <laughs> I, um, Damn it. <laughs> I can tell you I've heard the record and I personally loved it. Oh, man. 
That's such a tease. <laughs> I know. I'm so I can't tell you. It's not for me to say. <laughs> In fact, his new material is not released yet. You, as you would expect, some great songs, some great production. It's another yeah. good record. And different again. You know, of course, he's not repeating himself. It's something new. It felt very different. I mean, tracks like Testify already. A, a lot of the fans are talking about how great these songs already are. And I think they're talking. I think Paul's talking about like a May next year release, maybe. This one he made during lockdown, and so it wasn't as easy for me to be there and also having done three we don't want to just tread water and do the same thing over and over so no we're going to do something different this time so what's next for you Liam? obviously outside of the world of Weller presumably there's other projects that you're working on the Star Council film took up a lot of my time and a lot of my focus and so now that that's finished we've got two or three ideas that but they're in such early stages we're just having having meetings and trying to get them them off the ground it's too early to really talk about them at this point as monomedia we've got three or four ideas that we're pushing for and as soon as we can we'll announce them and get on with them but the current situation i'm unable to to do too much you know it's difficult to get out and film slowly running out of editing to get on with it's just a case of waiting until we can get out there and when we can yeah we've got a couple of ideas and final one what's what's back's like to work with then (laughs) he's good well you know i got involved with backs initially real early on because he was one of those characters that sort of just makes things happen do you know what i mean like you and that's what he is he's you know you you've got an idea you want to get it to to happen he puts people together and uh he's a person who's interested in things so he's always got you know he can always introduce you to some music or some art or some book or something he's he's good he's a good guy lee thank you so much for your time i've, I've loved that chat it's been so nice to talk to you and hear about your experiences with paul and, the, and your love of the music and everything i didn't ask you about the first gig actually you were saying obviously the, the gig came after you met paul was your first gig essentially you in a studio with paul with headphones on and it was like a private performance almost no no i did get he put us on the list for one of his gigs up here i think it might have been in birmingham so no i did go to a gig before that that was i don't know when that what you that might have been 2014 no, I did. I did get to see him live. I was in the crowd before being in the studio, but I've yeah. certainly been in the studio more times than I've been in the crowd to see. Yeah, him. I'm not sure which gig I'd prefer the the private booth or the or the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, it was nice on the last tour on the the outdoor forest gigs. He invited us to long to a couple of those, and we went and we took the kids because they'd been in a White Horses video. They wanted to come on, but obviously they're too young. So we had them sat on the side of the stage, and they, we got to watch the gig from there, which they absolutely loved. It was, oh, amazing! It was really nice. Were any of Paul's kids there? Because I've seen sometimes I've been like front row watching those gigs and all you can see in the corner of the stage or the back of the stage is Paul's children running around <laughs> when they were little anyway they were there yeah and so we you know my kids watched two or three songs and they were like you know this is great but can we go backstage and play <laughs> <laughs> oh Lee thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it man thank you so that's it what a lovely guy and what a lovely chat for show notes of this podcast episode go to my website paulwellerfanpodcast.com next week I'm joined by a chap called Ben Taylor You'll know him better as the Magic Mod. Not only is Ben another massive Paul Weller fan, but he's also accompanied Paul in the band, along with the likes of the Libertines, Pete Doherty, and the brilliant Reverend and the Makers at sold out gigs and festivals. Ben, the Magic Mod, will be joining us on the show next week. Meantime, download, subscribe, review, give us a retweet, and help to spread the word at Weller Fan Pod on Twitter. Or find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's Paul Weller Fan Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 